We're doing any game, right? I hit record. Are you hit? Have you yeah, hit I, I've hit record. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Hey, let's go ahead and do the clap. Okay. What are you doing? Put that phone down. What are I'm you doing? getting my notes out. Okay. All right, ready? Yep. One, two, three. Hooray! We Hurrah! Clapped. It was amazing. Was it good for you? It was good for me. It was good for me. It was good. It was good. It was good. I can't believe it. Um, um, anyway. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm getting my notes out. Okay. Stop it. Uh, Don't stop getting your notes out, but you know. This is why this you know what this is why I have to minimize you because I'm watching what you're doing and I'm like he's not paying attention. I am paying attention. Of course you are. And so I'm going to minimize you so that I can stop judging you on that level. Okay. Just that level. No, you can, you're you're going to always judge me. You're going to Exactly, judge me but I would like to judge you on more relevant levels than that. God. <laughs> oh, I missed you. Did you? I don't know. Did you really? <laughs> are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> I missed I missed being a cunt on a microphone with you. As opposed to just being generally a cunt. <laughs> right. Instead of, as opposed to just being being a cunt in the house with my kids. You know, I mean this is different. The vibe hits different here. intro a show today <coughs> got enough fodder for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's enough fodder not sure how much of it is funny but it was fodder it'll work okay 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 <clears throat> so i'm gonna intro the show are you ready i'm ready Brace yourself okay i remember how to do this it's fine it's fine here we go what are you doing i'm 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 you'll see okay <laughs> hey everybody Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and I'm not at all concerned about why Chris was doing deep breathing before we did the intro. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, once again, I am a homo sexual. <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking of which, uh, Stephanie... Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, see, that's complicated, because when I first met Scotty, he was in a bad place. And I'm not talking about Cell Block D. His wife had just filed for divorce, and I was like, man, homie, she just dumped you while you were in lockup. And he's like, yeah, I know. I was going to be with her forever, but now I'm all alone. And I was like, man, homie, you got to chin up, because you'll find a new partner. But you know what? I'm Luis. And you know, and he says, and you know what? I'm Scotty, and we're going to be best friends. <laughs> that's why. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot, baby. <laughs> I think um, honestly, if we can, if I can give you some notes, um, you could have said that like three times faster. I know I can't keep up. I Except, can't. who talks at that speed, other than Luis? Luis, it's ridiculous, yeah. especially uh, when he's taking truth serum. Anyway, oh my god! <laughs> um, so we do have a movie to talk about today. Yeah, but um, I have something I'd like to talk about uh, first. Do you have anything? Uh, I, I wanted to get your feedback on something, but let's talk about your thing first. Okay, so um, real quick, hey, listeners, um, you may be wondering, gee, why is this uh, the first Marvelous Divas-like episode outside of Chris's amazing uh, compilation clip show episodes that I've heard in a while? And I will answer you, um, because I had to move my entire family out of Texas. Uh, and you may be thinking, gosh, why would anybody want to leave Texas? The brisket is so good there. And I agree, the brisket is very good there. Yeah, However... The and the well, I can make queso. And the breakfast tacos. 
I can make breakfast tacos. The brisket is harder to replicate. Yeah, it is. It's way I don't have harder. I don't have a fucking eighteen wheeler smoker. Okay, <laughs> it's not the best I can do is braised in an oven. Anyway, um, as I was saying, uh, why, why, oh, why would you ever leave Texas? Well, <clears throat> so right now, uh, the state of Texas is moving forward with a lot of really terrifying legislation. Specifically, uh, they are moving two bills through the legislation. One um, will outright ban gender affirming care for trans minors. Just ban it. Completely. Uh, and if you're not aware, why would, why would trans minors need gender affirming care? Um, it's because it prevents suicide. Mm -hmm. It just, I'm sorry to just drop that word in there. It prevents, um, it prevents a lot of, uh, mental health issues and, uh, and self harm. And gender affirming care keeps trans kids alive. It just fucking does. That's just, that's just true. And so the ban on gender affirming care is very problematic. There's also a whole nother law because just banning the gender affirming care is not enough. There's a whole nother law that they're pushing through, uh, that would classify providing, uh, minors with gender affirming care as child abuse on par with the usual things you think of as child abuse, like, you know, beating your children and stuff like that, neglecting them, starving them, providing them with gender affirming care. This is all the same level according to the, the Texas state legislature. And that's what they're trying to push through and make it into law. And the reason that these things are of top of mind concern for me and my family is because one of my children is trans. Mm -hmm. The other of my children is LGBT. And I have their consent to talk about this uh, on the show before anybody gets concerned about that. We talked about it. They consent to have me talk about this with y'all so that you're aware of the situation. Now, my family... Um, happened to make a really good financial decision 15 years ago that allowed us to be able to afford to move out of state. Uh, we are very privileged in that regard, and we're aware of it. Um, but there are so many families that are still trapped in Texas, living the life that we had to live for the past couple of years, which was to hide our child from the state of Texas. Because there was, even without this law, there was a letter from the attorney general saying that any mandated reporter, which would be a teacher or um, or a therapist or a doctor, if they thought a family was providing gender affirming care to their child, they had to be reported to child protective services. So we had to hide my kid and sort of live in low-grade terror for the last couple of years because the state was hunting for us and wanted to separate my child from my family. So that's why we moved out of Texas. Um, and I hope that you're all understanding of that and supportive of that. And if you're not, get the fuck off my podcast. <laughs> so, And hey, as, a, as an added bonus, Stephanie, huh? you are all equal rights now. Like you're, you're, I know you're equal to me again. That feels that feels great. <laughs> I'm allowed to make decisions about my body wow. and what I want to do yeah. with my own uterus. We live in Colorado now, uh, where the mountains are high and the weed is legal. So so am I a little bit a lot of the time. Yay! It's just good, and it's really good for managing my anxiety. Um, but yeah, no, we we have escaped, and that's why. Um, that's why you haven't heard from us in a while is because the state of Texas is awful. And here's the thing. It's not just Texas. It's happening all over, mostly in the South of America. Um, and we are already seeing where this, uh, to protect the children, trans, anti-trans legislation goes in other states where they're just straight up banning trans people. Yeah. 
There are other states in this country that have banned anybody, not just children, from seeking gender-affirming care. Um, so, y'all, please vote, is what I'm saying. Please vote so that more families don't have to live in fear and more families don't have to uproot their entire lives and flee a state just to just to be able to live the way that we're supposed to be able to live in America, which is free to make our own choices for ourselves. So vote, please vote. Amen. Trust, believe. All um, of that. You mentioned something really quick, and I kind of wanted to ask you. Hmm. Uh, so I prefer to consume my marijuana via gummy bear. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that when... Uh, I acquire these that they have to hide, you know, the that weed flavor. So right. they come up with like the most amazing, delicious uh, flavors. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's really hard to stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful. Oh, girl, you got to be careful. I had. Did I tell you about? <laughs> I had babies first. These edibles ain't shit. Moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and also, they're delicious, which is a problem. Um, the ones that I have right now are pear flavored. Um, which is an odd flavor to choose, but it's really fucking good. Now, I specifically shop for uh, edibles that are tailored towards relaxation because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get goofy and silly. I'm trying to calm my anxiety down because if I get my if my anxiety, my mental health spins out in an anxiety way, it will trigger my lupus. Right. And so I'll yeah. start having physical health problems. Uh, so if I but if I can eat a little bit of a gummy and calm down the anxiety it prevents my lupus from flaring up every single time I get a little anxious about stuff. So I've got the relaxation gummies. And because weed is legal here, they can actually tailor the recipe. Um, Mm -hmm. So I take a little bit of a gummy and I'm like, I just need to relax. And like an hour later, I'm like, I don't really feel anything. I'm going to eat more. (laughs) No, mistake number one. Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Guys, don't do that. Give it time. Give it time. Don't just go eat more. Um, so I went from relaxed to unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> I relaxed myself all the way into the most Slumber. intensely deep night sleep <laughs> of my life. I slept for like 10 hours. Wow. It was amazing and I needed the rest. But wow, like nodding off in my chair mid-conversation. <laughs> like, huh? what? I need to go lay down. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that, kids. Don't be like me. Trust the initial dose choice, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because with edibles, it's so unpredictable. It, it kicks in based on a lot of di- more different factors. Uh, right, you know, yeah. Other food you have in your stomach, etc. So, yeah. Yep. So, Stephanie, I have a review. Oh, cool. Okay. See? See how I'm fine with that and not at all rusty or um, convinced that we suck because we haven't done a, a legit show in weeks and I'm fine with it? <laughs> Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, so, user, why do my knees hurt? 42. I, I feel... <laughs> I think it's probably because 42 is 42, in your yeah. Name. I think it, the answer is in the username. But my, I, my right knee makes a little noise every time I go up and down stairs. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm 43 now, so that's <laughs> uh, just why. They say, wholesome and thought-provoking, question mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Was this left on our show? Uh, this is on Apple. Okay, but this is on our show? Yeah. Okay, cool. Go on. Uh, I mean, I like to think you're thought-provoking. Anyway. Wholesome, though? Uh, okay. Go on. Uh, y'all are absolutely amazing. Or oh, if if y'all aren't into the whole brevity thing, a couple of months ago, my partner discovered the podcast, this podcast, along with Dark Side Divas, 
and we both instantly fell in love. We laugh and cry, <laughs> swoon, lust, hi, daddy, along, alongside you. And, and thank you for the Clancy Brown recognition, like that rumble, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And the openness about stress, mental health, and past traumas makes us feel welcomed and understood. Oh. We've been binge-watching the visual media. We watch Marvel stuff together, Star Wars, either together individually and then listening to the corresponding podcast episodes before discussing them afterward, and we suggested you to our friends. It's oh. a perfect mix of analysis, info dump, wild tangents, and insight. At times sweet and wholesome, at other times delightfully naughty and raunchy. <laughs> and, and others still asking us to think uh, on the often horrific nature of the media we're consuming. Y'all give oh. off some good vibes that are much appreciated. Stephanie, we hope you're able to get your family out of Texas soonest. Our hearts go out to oh. you. Thank you both. Heart heart shape emoji. Oh, thank you. Why do my knees hurt? 42. Appreciate that. And we did. Uh, we are out of Texas. We're in Colorado. Woo. So Woo-hoo! that's very exciting. Cool. See, I'm fine with reviews. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> face Shut up. i hate you if you would like to see what i just saw go. y'all let's, you can go let's to turn my discomfort yeah. into an ad for our patreon hey go on. hey hey master and mouse has taught me well uh uh-huh. uh you can go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for just five bucks a month it doesn't cost it's not as expensive as say the galactic star cruiser which is closing <laughs> it is only five bucks a month that's uh that's by the way according to uh inflation now that's less than a tall a large uh venti or whatever venti iced coffee which is the yes. gay man's uh choice of drink in the morning apparently Okay yeah just skip coffee one day and you can afford to hang out with us for an entire month Right right which there you go. I cannot skip coffee, so I can't I can just say to people like, I ain't fucking skipping coffee. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm wearing... Then cut it somewhere else. I'm wearing one of my yeah. gay pride shirts, and I walk into a Starbucks, and she and I've oh. never been to the Starbucks before. I've never seen these people before. And she looks at me, and she's like, oh, you want a nice coffee, right? <laughs> and I was like, how dare you stereotype me and... Yes. yes please. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Second of all, yes. Please. Okay. 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 Is that it? Are we ready to get into this today? Oh my god, this is going to be a long recording, baby. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm geared up. I don't know about you. All right. So, y'all, what we're doing on this podcast is we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, which means that we started with Captain America: The First Avenger, and we find ourselves today taking a little mental health break from the Infinity War Endgame of it all. Yep. And we're talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. The first half of it. I'm the first excited. half. The first half. Just the first half. Just the first half. Um, yeah, that's it. Chris, do you have an intro? I do. Yay. <clears throat> Before the snap, Scott mm-hmm. Lane is under house, house arrest after the events of Civil War. Wait a minute. Not this again. Ugh. Oh, well. <laughs> Scott Lane is only a few days away from getting out of house arrest, but he is ready, to, really ready to leave. However, uh, I'm sorry, I fucked that up. Uh, But he is really ready to leave his former superhero life behind in the interest of his daughter. Or will Mm he? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can't escape the the life once you've you've been in it. God, I fucked that up. Sorry, y'all. But yeah, no. uh, It's okay. It's okay. Uh, I'm I'm getting back used to it. Uh, That that Louis uh, intro... Was that was that was all of your of your of your vocal agility. My dyslexia can, was like it's okay. Ah! It's okay. okay. Uh, you're good. So, you good, baby. So before we leap into the movie and talk about oh. some of the background mm-hmm. that I know you're gonna unleash with, you also saw Quantumania. I did. Uh, so I'm I'm very curious to to hear 
uh, your opinions on this movie in light of just seeing Quantumania, because there's a part I have at the end that I want to talk about, because there was something that I felt was really missing in Quantumania, and I couldn't put my finger on it, and this movie, like, reminded me in a really big way, and so I'm curious to get your feedback on that at the end, but just let everybody know, because I had actually had a lot of people asking me, has Steph seen Quantumania yet? I know y'all are going to do Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, Uh, I know it's... You know, there are ways to get it. <laughs> um, and it is out on Disney Plus, so I'm not sure if by the time we do the first half of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Steph is gonna see Quantumania. So y'all, she has seen Quantumania. She has. Yeah. She has, in fact. My holes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Um, but we we will talk in more depth about it when we get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um which is gonna be in like nine years. <clears throat> I know, right? It's gonna be a minute. Okay. Um, so then let's get into uh, the behind the scenes. Yeah. We? Uh, so the production, uh, we're going to talk about directors and writers mm-hmm. uh, for this project. Um, this movie is directed by Peyton Reed, uh, the same guy who directed Ant-Man. Yay. Same guy, same guy who will go on to direct uh, Quantumania. Uh, not for nothing, he also directed two episodes of The Mandalorian. So That's right. Uh, That's right. And and they were two. Uh, one of them, at least, was silly and a, a little bit, a little bit silly <laughs> from the first season. And so uh, Peyton Reed just has a firm grasp on how to balance uh, serious and drama and danger and silly. Um, and he does it very well, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, as for the writers, um, we saw this with the first Ant-Man, where Paul Rudd basically had to get locked in a hotel room with a bunch of his friends, and they got really stoned, and they rewrote the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's what happened with this one, but I think Paul Rudd still wanted to sit in a hotel room and get stoned with some of his friends. Uh, um, uh, getting stoned, if you ask Paul Rudd to be on set, uh, there's marijuana around, apparently. Well, yeah, yeah. and I fully support this. Um, Absolutely. But So Paul Rudd, Andrew Barr, and Gabriel Ferrari are all credited as writers. However, uh, Barr and Ferrari each have like three to five writing credits each. And they're the same writing credits, uh, little short films, stuff that nobody's ever heard of, or at least I've never heard of. Okay. Uh, so I really feel like they have writing credits because Paul Rudd wanted his friends to be able to pad out their resume and he wanted to hang out and maybe they contributed a couple of things to the movie. That's just my speculation, but that's what it feels like. Yeah, I couldn't find any information on that. Um, it, there, there was shockingly less information about this movie than the first one. I feel like it's because there's a really competent team involved because there are two other writers for this movie. Okay. Uh, that's Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. I've and those names name. should sound familiar. Yeah. Because they're the Spider-Man guys. What? Yeah. They wrote Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, and a short film called Peter's To-Do List, which I haven't seen and now I need to. Oh. Um, yeah, they're the Spider-Man guys. They've also written for like American Dad and Community and stuff. They write comedy. Okay. So they're good, yeah, at it. They, they're good at it. So I really, that's why I feel like the, the get stoned in a hotel room with Paul Rudd crew didn't really have a lot to do, uh, because these guys know what they're doing, but still, I want to be in that hotel room with Paul Rudd. Uh, <laughs> for many reasons. Hold for on, so many. Come here, ma'am. Uh-oh. Oh, Boomer is here. She needed some love. Oh. Here we go. For those of you who might have been concerned, Boomer made the trip just fine. Uh, she only gave me the silent treatment for about a week. So <laughs> here we are. 
And she's going to hang out with me for a minute. Okay. Uh, so do you have any behind the scenes pre-production stuff? Uh, uh, I want a, a quick shout out to Christopher Beck, who once again was the composer of this Ant-Man. And by the way, he was uh, the first, he did the first movie and he's going to do Quantumania. Um, it's I didn't, so good. I didn't do a good job of, of going through his resume last time. So Stephanie, let's talk about Christopher Beck real quick. Uh, sure. One of his earliest projects was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which in our... In our teenage years, we love. We don't love the that. most iconic intro music to any TV show ever. Which he won a Grammy. Uh, I'm sorry, an bow, Emmy for. He bow, actually bow, is. Bow, <laughs> he's actually bow. a Emmy award winning person. Uh, he bow, did bow, Broken bow. Hearts Club. Do you remember that movie? I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cheaper by the Dozen, Under the Tuscan Sun, which was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, it, uh, Crazy Stupid Love, which. If, uh, Mm. That's not whatever. The Muppets, both. Uh, the... No, Crazy Stupid Love is good. Is it okay? Yeah. No. Uh, Ryan Gosling so rarely gets to be funny. Okay. It's oh. a rom com. It's good. Go. Oh, okay. Uh, both the Muppets movies, the newer ones. Um, Alex the Terrible, which I'm like, what is that? Uh, Frozen, kind of oh. a big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is uh, for for Marvel. Uh, as I said, all the Ant Man movies, WandaVision, mm. Hawkeye. Nice. And he's going to be working on a little show that I'm looking forward to, Agatha, Agatha Coven of Chaos, <gasps> which, <laughs> by the way, the rumor has I'm come so out excited. that that shit's a musical. <laughs> you're going to have to watch a musical. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're giving me uh, Agatha realness and goth, goth chick realness, uh, I'll watch that musical. Yeah, I'm in. Because I actually yeah. do, I mean... I, I know musical is not my favorite genre, but I do like some of the darker ones, except for the girl. My friend played the uh, Beetlejuice musical soundtrack. Eh, I'm not. It's you know. Why? It's what it's. Yeah. Not that into it. No. Nope. Um, maybe it just didn't hit me at the right time. But like, I grew up with the movie, so it's a whole thing. Yeah, they're making a second one right now. Did you know that? Yeah. Hey, don't talk shit about Michael Keaton. I didn't say anything. Uh, your face is giving me all of it right now. I'm not talking shit about Michael Keaton. I'm talking shit about Hollywood having no original ideas and having to reboot and sequelize all of the really cool shit from decades prior. You're right. Let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Shall we? <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Real quick. Here's Steve Wilmer's going to purr. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love you, but I need to work now, so I'm going to put you down. Please don't, don't shit in my shoes. Okay, 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 here we go. Sounds like my vibrator. <clears throat> and now I'm covered. Okay, just. It's, <laughs> it's like a cloud of cat hair. This is my life. She's my pretty girl. Okay, so shall we get into the movie then? Let's do it. All right, so I just scroll all the way down. We open this movie the way I feel all movies should open with a black screen and Michael Douglas talking. Right. Oh my god! <sighs> and and uh, it's and again, we're getting the young uh, Michael Douglas. We're getting the digital, you know, the digitally enhanced uh, look, uh-huh. and it's so seamless. Like at, at first, I was like, "Holy shit, is this real?" Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. The de aging is crazy. So we get a flashback scene, um, and <laughs> my note says, "Michael Douglas voiceover." Good God! <laughs> right? I love his voice so much. Um, anyway, uh, and it's and it's a lovely family scene uh, where. Uh, uh, Hank, Hank Pym, and his lovely wife are 
packing up. They're going to go on a mission. But uh, little baby Hope, little tiny Hope, uh, wakes up and is like, oh, my God, where are you guys going? And we get a good look at her mom, which we never have before. It was a, a suited cameo in the previous Ant-Man movie. Right. Janet Van Dyne, mother of Hope, wife of Hank Pym, is played by Michelle motherfucking Pfeiffer. Y'all. She is my Catwoman. I, like, she is everything. I, I love her. I, she Okay. We're going to talk about this real quick. She is de-aged in this. Um, and part of the reason the de-aging, I think, works so well on these these actors who were fucking megastars in the 80s and 90s is because of the wealth of reference material that right. they have. Right? Um, Michelle Pfeiffer was a fucking incandescent screen goddess back in the day. Uh, she still is. She still is, and, yeah. And the de-aging doesn't diminish that at all. Like, sometimes de-aging can be a little, like, Madame Tussauds-y, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can be a little wax statue-y. But no, uh, they've gotten so good. She's still so expressive and so fucking gorgeous. So real quick about Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, God. She is an Academy Award-nominated, many, many, many other awards-winning actress who's been working her ass off since 1979. I know her best, as Chris mentioned, as Catwoman in the 1992 film Batman Returns. This is still my favorite Batman movie. Oh, my God. It's so good. So it's good. so campy. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Um, the thing about Michelle Pfeiffer is that she can fucking sing. Mm-hmm. She can sing like, whoa, uh, which is evidence. If you want to hear Michelle Pfeiffer sing um, and you hate yourself a little, watch Grease 2. <laughs> Grease lightning. <laughs> no, baby. Grease 2. Oh, that's right. The I get the sequel. two mixed up. I get the two mixed um, up. Well, the major difference is one is good. <laughs> I don't think. And it... the other has Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. She has a she has a fucking killer song in it, Cool Rider. If you want to just look up Michelle Pfeiffer Cool Rider on the YouTubes and skip the whole rest of the fucking movie, I support that decision. <laughs> anyway, she also sings in the movie version of Hairspray. Right. So good. And a film that I cannot recommend enough called The Fabulous Baker Boys. So good. It's her and Jeff Bridges, I believe. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. So fucking good. Okay. Um, she's also... The female lead in multiple uh, classic films you may have heard of, like Scarface, mm-hmm. Lady Hawk, The Witches of Eastwick, Tequila Sunrise, Dangerous Liaisons, Dangerous Minds. So we have multiple dangerouses. <laughs> and uh, The Prince of Egypt. Y'all, she's she's Moses's honey boo, Prince of Egypt. Um, I, I had the privilege of uh, of uh, being at a party with her there. Uh, <gasps> uh not such a nice like you would you would not know that she was like this like amazing actress and and just amazing very approachable very very nice i got so starstruck i could i could oh. work up the nerve to talk to her and she's tiny yeah no she's itsy bitsy she's yeah. re- really tiny like uh mm-hmm. michael douglas must be really short too because uh wow yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 most most men in movies are yeah I mean, don't don't ask Tom Cruise how tall he is or how many times he has to stand on a milk crate so that he can be taller than his his romantic interest. Like most men in movies are the fact that we have like the the Chris Evanses and the Hemsworths of the world. They're ridiculously huge. Yeah. Anyway, um, so getting back to uh, the flashback, Hank and Janet have a what they call they tell Hope is a last minute business trip. They're so cute with Hope, by mm-hmm. the way. So sweet, so funny. Um, but this last minute business trip is the missile mission, 
where Janet had to go subatomic to get through the armor plating and turn off the bomb and save thousands and thousands of lives, but she disappeared into the quantum realm and hasn't been seen since. Aww. Tragedy. Uh, we go through all of that. Um, Hank is, uh, the voiceover of old Hank is telling, talking to Hope. Your mother saved thousands of lives that day, knowing she'd be lost in the quantum realm. Alone, afraid, gone forever. Fucking tragic. Back to the present day, Hank and Grown Up Hope are talking in a room full of computers. Nice. It's a lab situation, yeah, it's perhaps? Yeah, it's the same lab from uh, the first Ant-Man in, in Hank's house. There you go. And they even included the terrible fucking wig that Hope is wearing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, she gets one good movie with good hair. God damn it. Yeah. They're yeah, going to go ahead and... Accurate. Fucking... Well, uh, technically two. Her hair in Quantumanium is a crime. Well, Endgame. Endgame, yes. Okay. Yes. Because yes. the same anyway, hair from Evan and the Wasp. <laughs> so basically, uh, Hank is like, uh, when Scott, at the end of the last movie, had to go into the quantum realm and he made it back, it got me thinking that maybe Janet is still alive. I have some old schematics of ding on the Pym Tech bullshit counter. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a way to do that boom Marvel intro sequence. Um, so hold up. Mm-hmm. What's the title of this movie? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man. Yeah. Ant-Man gets top billing. Yeah. But this intro lets us know that this is Hope's movie. Okay. This movie, this is my hot take, is Hope's superhero origin story. Okay. We are going to watch the rest of this whole superhero origin story go down in Hope's very serious, very dramatic superhero origin story. But we're watching it through the lens of her comedic sidekick, right. who is the main character, according to the billing on this movie, which is Scott. Um, are you are you suggesting that Hope should have gotten top billing? Yes. This is her movie. Well, this is her movie. Scott is, is the comic relief. We love him. We do. But he's her Luis. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never thought about he, that. He's beloved. He's great. And he definitely contributes very valuable stuff. But this story is about Hope and Hank getting Janet back. This story is about Hope becoming the Wasp. This is her superhero origin story. But Ant-Man is top billing on it. So you move to Colorado and you suddenly think a woman should receive equal, equal treatment as men. Oh, my God, Heather. It's because I have control over my own uterus. It just makes me crazy. So crazy. Uh, look, I love this movie. I enjoy the shit out of this movie. And I do think um, that it is a lovely way, like looking at it through the lens of the comedic relief, is a great way to look at a super serious superhero origin story full of a lot right. of techno babble. Um, because we need Scott's voice in the story to go, I have no idea what you just fucking said. Like, we need that. Um, because right. I'm lost too. Like, he says things that, that we're thinking throughout the movie. We need that. But it's her fucking story. I'm glad her name is at least in the title, but it really should have been first. This is the Wasps movie featuring. I agree. Um, uh, also, I'm, I'm, that was one of the things I was sad about Quantumania was, uh, why isn't it Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania? Exactly. Exactly. But whatever. Because, because y'all go see it and let me know if you think he could have possibly, if Ant-Man could have possibly prevailed without the Wasp. No, no fucking way. No fucking way. And there's a point later in this, uh, movie that 
that uh, Hope makes that I agree with that we'll talk about. But yeah, Hope is pretty important. Also, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I I'm not going to talk about Janet's uh, back comic book background for this uh, this uh, this movie. I'm going to okay. do that in Quantum Mania because I feel like it's more appropriate. Yeah, I just want to yeah, call it out right absolutely. Quick. Okay, all right. So Marvel title sequence done. We are now in the present day where Scott is having like the fucking cutest. Oh <laughs> it's my so god. Adorable. He is hanging out with Cassie, but he's under house arrest. So they have to do everything inside and they are having, it's like the cardboard heist. They built all these tunnels in the house um, with giant fucking cardboard ants and stuff. And they're, they're doing a whole heist to steal stuff. And it's the cutest fucking thing. Like, yeah. And I'm like, why is he doing this? This is a lot of work. It's a lot (laughs) of work. And why, why didn't my dad ever do this for me? Oh yeah. I don't know him. <laughs> anyway, Scott Lane, anyway. excellent father. My favorite part of this is like they're about to do it. We just had the reveal that it's it's Cassie that's there with him, and they're clearly doing like a pretend heist thing. He's like, "Are you ready for this?" And Cassie looks at him and goes, "I eat food for breakfast." Oh, wow, that is super cool. <laughs> just oh. <laughs> we love a supportive dad. Uh, who's willing to be fucking ridiculous uh, in order, and it is, he's ridiculous, uh, in order to be able to spend time with his kid. I think it's fucking great. Um, Because a lot of dads get like really wrapped up in their like dad dignity and fucking throw it away. Okay, your kids are not going to remember that you were dignified. Your kids are going to remember that you didn't play cardboard heist with them. So try harder. All of you. Yeah, yeah. Start building cardboard (laughs) tunnels in your house right now. I, I do like that. I want one. I want I want the the maze, the slide. The slide was the coolest part. In my yeah, opinion. the slide that's like all down the stairs and down. Oh, there's a lot of stairs. There's a many levels to this house. Is it? Are we set in San Francisco? Uh, we're is still that... in San Francisco. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, Luis is also there. Luis is trying to do his job because apparently he and Scott um, own a business, a securities business, which I think is a what? really great great job for ex cons to do. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because they have the skills. They know what people like them would be looking for to rob a place. Yeah, exactly. And Fucking like, uh, it's just like real life where uh, companies hire hackers to help their security. Right. Their, They've gone yeah. white hat. Yeah. And it's fucking great. Um, yeah. Anyway, the uh, the prize at the end of this whole heist is a trophy that Cassie got for Scott that says world's greatest grandma on it, <laughs> which is adorable. And Cassie's like, I want to take it with me to school for show and tell. And Scott's like, no, I no. love it too much. You cannot do that. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the long and short of the scene is that Scott has a lot of time on his hands because he's under house arrest, but he still wants to like have fun with his kid and stuff. They go down this giant super fun slide um, that unfortunately he crashes through the fence a little bit and his ankle monitor ends up outside the boundary. Yeah. So whoop whoop, the FBI is coming. Now I didn't this this whole scene where they they talk about how Scott has to be inside all the time and he has to right. keep himself entertained. Didn't this hit different after COVID? Uh huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh my god, I, this is. Like I felt fucking, a little this, called this out. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, I I felt I was like, wow. And I was also thinking, man, Scott, you need to learn how to play video games. <laughs> but he does <laughs> though. I mean, he. He does. He's got like I mean, his drum set, and he does karaoke and stuff. But I really don't think. I think Scott is definitely our ADHD superhero. Absolutely. Uh, he's, he's you know going to hyper focus on some stuff and be scattershot attention on other stuff, uh, and I love it. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, the FBI shows up, and who's in charge of the FBI agents? Agent Wu. 
<laughs> and I love him. I love Agent Wu so much. Agent Jimmy Wu. He's played by Randall Park. I love Randall Park. He's oh, so hot. He's so hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so, so fucking hot. cute, you guys. He's so, like, when he's not Jimmy Wu, uh, actually as Jimmy Wu, I really fell for Jimmy Wu in WandaVision. Like that was really yes. that was a really good exploration of that character, and he he had some really hot moments in that. But Randall Park in general, mm-hmm. he uh, he butters my biscuits. So he is a comedian <laughs> and actor. He does a lot of voice work, and he has a very long resume. This man works. He works a lot. Um, he did the mm-hmm. TV rounds. He was in ER, House, Mad TV, Veep, and 116 episodes of a show called Fresh Off the Boat. Yep. Which is a really cool sitcom that explores the uh, the trials and tribulations of immigrants to this country, which I think is fucking awesome. Um, as far as movies, he's in, of course, the MCU as Jimmy Woo, uh, but he's also in Aquaman and in the upcoming Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. I haven't watched the... I, I, I fell asleep the, the, the only time I tried watching Aquaman, so... Um, you know, I love Jason Momoa. <laughs> I know, I know, but... Uh... And I'm going to go see uh, Fast Furious 10 pretty soon with him in it. So I'm looking forward to that. But like, eh. So fun fact, fun fact that I just learned this morning about Fast 10. Um, Jason Momoa, uh, he, his character apparently drives a lavender car in that movie. And, and it's because his mother hates lavender and he loves lavender. So he insisted that his, his big badass bad guy character in this movie have a lavender car. And the director was like, no because that's not macho enough or whatever. And Jason Momoa was like, I like lavender. So run that by me again. About how that's not yeah, like, uh, and it, masculine you're really gonna, enough. You're going to look at this and tell me I'm not masculine? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, he goes all pinks and purples as often as he can in movies because his mom hates it. <laughs> and it's just, it's a running game. I love that. Anyway, so getting back to um, Randall Park. What? Right. No, I was going to say, uh, oh I, I just finished reading uh, a Fast and Furious review because the movie reviews are out. And uh-huh. literally it said, the movie makes no sense. It's over the top. The acting is terrible. The story is terrible. Jason Momoa is pretty much the only thing that makes it good. And I'm like, so it's a Fast and Furious movie. So it's a Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. 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 We're good. Which is what, I mean. I know what I'm signing I'm up in. for. This isn't fucking exactly. Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going in there expecting fucking catcher in the rye like come on exactly it just it gave me so many so many it gave me flashbacks to me like 20 years ago and ugh, i'm so glad oh yeah no you were ridiculous about the first fast and the furious movie yeah yeah because you were snob anyway getting back to randall park um he's of course jimmy woo in wandavision um my favorite randall park if you guys want to fall in love with randall park and maybe want to climb him um i 10 out of 10 recommend always be my maybe it is a romantic hmm. comedy that he did. It's the romantic comedy that's got Keanu Reeves in it. It's so good. A hundred percent. I completely miss this. Oh, it's so good. It's so fucking fun. Always be my maybe. Fucking watch it. Okay. So anyway. Oh, real quick shout out. So um, Cassie Lang in, in this movie. I normally don't name check child actors because Hollywood chews up child actors and spits them out. But uh, the, I'm going to name check her because this is Abby Ryder Fortson. Uh, she played Cassie in the first movie. She's playing Cassie here. She's brilliant. And she is still, to this day, she's she's not still playing Cassie. Uh, the actor for Cassie has changed a couple of times. But to this day, yeah. she's still doing her thing because you can see her in the recent film, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Oh, yeah. Based off of the Judy Bloom book, which was formative in my childhood. Yeah, she's Margaret. 
She's the star of that movie. I, I, that's a movie I want to see too. I'm probably not going to get a chance to it until it goes digital, but um, yeah. But there you go. She's that's awesome. Great. That's cool. Anyway, uh, so Jimmy Woo is there. Uh, this scene is uh, is pretty cute uh, for an FBI raid on somebody's house. Like this is this is the tone that Ant Man always manages to take. Is that encounters yeah. with law enforcement can be lighthearted and kind. <laughs> Which yeah, so, is the uh, greatest exploration of fiction I've seen in cinema. Wow. That's true. I said it. You said what you said. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so you were it, say? Go. It's, it's in a scene where we find out that Scott has three days left on his house arrest. And right. um, also he knows magic. He does a really cute He does close trick. up magic. Yeah. With the cards. Yeah. And, and so uh, uh, according to Agent Wu, he reminds him, hey, you violated the Sokovia Accords. Ugh. Really? We're going to talk about that again. But my favorite thing is because Cassie's like, why can't you just leave my daddy alone? And Wu gets down on one knee. (laughs) And he he very condescendingly explains it. Um, But my favorite thing is how he did it. He goes, you have a lot of rules at your school. Like you can't draw on the walls. Well, your daddy went to Germany and drew on the walls with Captain America. And that was a violation of Article 16, Paragraph 3 of the Sokovia Accords. And I, uh, my jaws dropped. I'm like, wow, he's terrible with children. And then, like, I literally say that out loud. And then, right. he, then he says the line, and I'm a youth pastor. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. And Scott's like, yeah, you're really great with kids. But anyway, <laughs> this is this is a really quick, efficient moment where we find out that uh, Scott has a joint plea deal. It's him and Hawkeye uh, that allowed them to be returned to the U.S. from Germany after they serve. And they have to serve two years of house arrest and three years of probation. And they have to avoid any illegal activity, technology or contact with people who are currently in violation of the accords. Like so like Hank Pym and Hope and Hope Van Dyne and Captain America and you know, Natasha Romanoff and all of those people. Whoops. And so Wu is like, by the way, have you seen Hank or Hope? And he's like, no, I have not. And it turns out they are found in violation of the Sokovia Accords because Scott took the suit to Germany. Right. And that was Hank's suit. Oops. So now they are fugitives from justice because Scott wore a suit to Germany. And I'm like, hold up, record scratch. Since when... Do we, does our law enforcement machine hold the manufacturers of technology responsible for illegal activities done using that technology? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be? I'm specifically talking about gun manufacturers. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't that be it nice? It doesn't happen. No. It doesn't, it doesn't fucking happen. So again, I love this fictional world where manufacturers of dangerous technology are held responsible for, you know, laws being broken while using it. So wait, are you, Stephanie, are you saying in a, in a universe where aliens can roll up on you and murder half the population? Is That sounds better than our current world where no one has any responsibility for anything ever? I'm saying that in the last week, there have been 17 mass shootings in this country. Yay. We move on. Two of them <laughs> happened in San Antonio, Texas, 48 hours apart. God damn it. I'm just I'm just saying, maybe the guns are the problem. And if you disagree with that, just like if you disagree with how I've handled the fact that my child is trans, get the fuck off my podcast. <laughs> 
what? We're so opinionated. We're so aggressive. I know. Did, did y'all not remember? <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. We're back. Anyway, um, if Scott has any contact with Hank or Hope, he will go to prison for 20 fucking years. So he's pretty motivated. And he says, anyway, they hate my guts. And Wu is like, cool. How did you do, do the card trick? Yeah. So um, this whole situation is interrupted by uh, Maggie and Paxton, which is, quick reminder, uh, Scott's ex-wife and her new husband. Oh, who loves Scott. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love, love this depiction of a sweet, supportive, blended family. I love that. I love that it's a lot. It's so fucking great. It's so fucking emotionally mature. Right. And just, uh, just I love it. I love it. So, uh, so Maggie is pissed seeing the FBI there and she's all, don't, you need a warrant to show up. And then Paxton's like, uh, no, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. He's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> he just happens to be in prison in his house. His house is a prison cell right now. They can show up whenever they want. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that whole, that whole, uh, part is really, really cute. And yeah, Paxton, especially Paxton really loves Scott. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, give me space, dude. I'm feeling yeah. like <laughs> it's a lot of hugging. He's, he's he's a little too friendly, but like Scott's fine with it because Scott's a better person than you and me. Um, also, is the actor that played Paxton like a uh, hundred feet tall? Like he was. He's a giant. He's giant. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he's hot. <laughs> I mean, I would like yeah. that hug uh, uh-huh. at a time when I am. Um, Emotionally prepared to be hugging someone. <laughs> yeah. And I, w- I would hug yeah. in many ways. Mm-hmm. Anyways. It would be a special hug. A special hug. <laughs> anyway, they scoop up Cassie and they leave. The FBI agents leave. We are treated to a Scott is bored montage. That's it. Um, and uh, it ends with him taking a bubble bath. So thank you for that. Thank you, Marvel. Paul Rudd has maintained his abs. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate the amount of effort it takes for him to do that because he's very transparent about how unpleasant the superhero workout regime is. And his is light. In comparison to, you know, other guys. So Yeah, uh, during this montage, I, I got personally attacked. <laughs> oh? Like, there's a scene where Scott is reading The Fault is in Our Stars. <laughs> and crying. And he's crying. <laughs> uh, fuck you. That book is sad. It is sad. Yeah. 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 That's sad lit. <laughs> that is, that's sick lit and I don't read it, but I don't begrudge the people who enjoy it. It was, a, anyway. it was an airplane book and it's a fast read. Holy crap. And you and you wept openly on an airplane. We move on. <laughs> we move on. Scott is having a quantum realm dream. What? Yeah, it's the vision of the forever, forever shrinking and like hearing Hank's voice. And he sees like a flickering that looks a lot like the wasp in front of him. And then, boom, he gets slammed into a vision where he is looking through somebody's eyes. And he's playing hide and seek with somebody who who he calls Jellybean in a woman's voice. Huh. So that's fun. That is fun. And he goes to a red cabinet with horses painted on the doors. He opens it and there's a little girl. And then he turns to a mirror and he's Michelle Pfeiffer. And he freaks the uh, fuck out, understandably. And he freaks out. And me, no, I would stay in that dream. I'm Michelle oh. Pfeiffer today. We're we're both uh, uh, damaged people. I would also be Michelle Pfeiffer. And I would be like, excuse me, Jelly Bean. I have work to do. And I would <laughs> go off and do very inappropriate things with my new body. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, I'm Michelle same. fucking Pfeiffer. Uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer, if you're listening to this, respectfully. We mean it all respectfully. Yeah, all respectfully. Uh, uh, I love you. I, I think you're beautiful. And She's not listening to this, but this is all true. I want to pretend she will. Okay. Anyway, so Scott wakes up, and that was clearly a terrible and disturbing dream. So he busts a phone that he has kept secreted away behind, like, a socket in the wall. 
Uh, he, he pulls that out, opens it up, calls Hank, leaves a voicemail saying, hey, I just had a dream and I think I dreamed about your wife and stuff. Anyway, um, bye. Then he breaks the phone and throws it away. I guess it's an Avengers scene to have like burner phones like all over the place. Pretty sure that's a criminal thing. Yeah. We watched too much Blacklist. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to <laughs> Scott is eating Fruit Loops for dinner like the giant child he is. Yep. And then, like, a fly buzzes past him, and he swats it away, but then it comes back, stings him, he passes out in his cereal. And I'm like, Scott, you should have known better. Right. Like, no, no, in- all insects should be suspicious. Right. Like, I, if you know that there are people who can shrink themselves down to bug size, and you know that you have personally befriended ants in this world, every insect you encounter, you need to be like, ah, uh, do I know you? Who are you? Right. Why are you here? Anyway. Uh, so yeah, Scott gets fucking kidnapped. <laughs> By Hope. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, hello, Hope. Uh, new hair, new you. <laughs> yeah, she's looking good. Her hair grew out real fast. It's, uh, only been a couple of years. Um, I don't know how long it takes to grow hair, because, uh, as you recall, as you may look upon my top, uh-huh. the top of my head, I don't remember having but hair she, anymore. She's clearly got, like, this is not a girl who's made it to the salon at all. Right. Like, she looks great, but this is, this is, I grew out my hair because I'm not going to go get somebody to cut it for me. That's, that's sort of the look. She also looks fucking pissed. Yeah. And this is where I'm realizing, oh, Scott wasn't lying about the whole Hope and Hank thing being pissed at him. And that oh, makes yeah. sense. It's almost as if they didn't think him going to Germany was a good idea. Right. Right. It's almost like they would not have agreed to that at all. But we'll never know because he didn't ask them. He just fucking went. So, because essentially he heard he gets a chance to help Captain America and the motherfucker went. Well, yeah. And, um, and I don't blame him. I'm just saying that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, she's driving a car. He's waking up in his pajamas in the passenger seat of the car to the grooviest soundtrack, by the way. This movie's soundtrack is stellar. Oh, yeah. So stellar. Um, and she's, she's not saying hello. She's not saying how are you. She's saying, do you think it was a dream or is it possible that you really saw my mom down there? Oh, okay. Straight to business then. Right. Got it. Got right. it. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Before Scott has a chance to answer, really, a giant pigeon appears outside the car window. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they're in a teeny tiny car for some reason. I don't know why we choose to travel this way in a Hot Wheels sized vehicle because it will take you 10 years to get down a block. Yeah, right. but they're trying to be discreet, right? So Yeah, totally yeah. discreet. Um, Scott's freaking out because he's supposed to be on house arrest right now. Right. And he, he, he cannot be out of the house. He's going to fuck him up and he's going to have to go to jail forever. And she's like, relax. The cops think you're still, still at home. He looks down. He doesn't have an ankle monitor. We cut to the ankle monitor. It is attached to a giant ant that is back in Scott's house on the couch eating Fruit Loops. And Luis walks in and he's like, oh shit, a giant ant. And the, the, the I love this part. The ant like h- hugs the Fruit Loops like really tight. Yeah, right. As if you can't have any. <laughs> and and Luis is like, Scotty? <laughs> it might be him. It's awesome. Anyway, apparently the ant has been programmed to replicate Scott's daily routine uh, so that the FBI will think that he is still at home. And he's like, have you been spying on me? And Hope says, we keep tabs on all security threats, all right? And so far, the biggest one we've had is you. Oops. Ouch. But true. True. Accurate. But, but ouch. Fair. But true. Uh, anyway, they've been on the run. Hank and Hope have been on the run since the Sokovia Accords, since Civil War, since all of that. Uh, so I did a quick timeline check. That's been two years. Yeah. 
two years they've been on the run. Because Civil War is set in 2016. This movie set in 2018. That sucks. That sucks. That sucks a lot. Anyway, the car re-embiggens in front of a dirty abandoned office building. And as as it it, it re-embiggens because it was tiny and now it's big again. It's a real... That's the word for it. That no, you're right. You're right. Embiggens. That's it's a it's now a actual word in the dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. So go fuck yourself. Yeah, I know. You're right. Anyway, uh, so they're going into this like dirty abandoned office building, and Scott's looking around like, "Uh, you live like this," and I'm looking around like, uh, "Are we sure she didn't bring him here to kill him?" Right. Like I'm like Scott, what? shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, get out, girl. You are in danger. And then, <laughs> oh my and, god! And, and then the audacity of Scott. Scott's like, "If you need some money, I <laughs> no. Uh, Hope, Hope, and Hank do not need any money. They have all They're of it. Fine. Yeah, they're fine. As is evidenced by the elevator ride goes up, ding, the doors open onto a badass laboratory. Uh, one big uh, <laughs> tech bullshit though. Oh, yeah. It looks a lot like the plans that he uh, laid out for Hope at the beginning of the movie, except now it's real and full size and crawling with giant ants. Yeah. <laughs> eh, you got to get over that. The ants are everywhere. Yeah. And so Scott's like, whoa, and looking around and they go in there and we see Hank. And nobody does quiet rage quite like Michael Douglas. Nobody. He's furious. Yeah. To see Scott. But they have a goal here. They need him. They have work to do. They want to rescue Janet. What? Yeah. 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 They, they built a quantum tunnel. Yeah. Obviously. Ding on the <laughs> Pimtech bullshit counter. The whole room. The whole room. The whole plan. All of it. All of it. All of it is Pimtech bullshit. Yeah. All of it. Um, so they had powered up the tunnel for the first time the night before it overloaded, it shut down. Um, but they hope they opened up like a teeny tiny split second door into the quantum realm. And five minutes later, Scott called and said he had a dream. So Scott's so like, like, yeah, so Scott, yeah. Scott's like, so your mom put a message in my head. That's insane. Uh huh. And I, 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 and I mean, I thought uh, like, Scott, you're just generally insane. You're the one that ran off to Germany and then fucking, Hank says the same thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Hank's like, you went off to Germany. That was fucking crazy. Also, did you destroy the suit? And Scott's like, yeah, I destroyed the suit. And Hank's like, I can't believe you destroyed my suit. That was my life's work. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, anyway, Scott tells him about the dream. That he dreamed that he was playing hide and seek with a little girl. And like, Hope and Hank are both like, exclamation point record scratch tell me more about this dream playing hide and seek and he identifies that the kid hid in a wardrobe it was red and it had horses on the front and hope's like oh my god that's exactly where i hid every time we played hide and seek and scott says what i was thinking which is that hope sucks at hide and seek (laughs) like (laughs) maybe you're missing the point of the game like don't hide in the same place every time hope was not an imaginative child no she's yeah yeah. Anyway, they take this as proof that Ho- that Janet is alive in the quantum realm. Yeah, and and so Hope says we really need to get that part. That part? What part? The part. Yeah. Uh, a, part a part from somebody named Birch. Yes, and, and like who's Birch? Well, he, um, you know, you'll see. Uh, yeah. He does a lot of. He has a lot of like uh, black market technology. Black market technology. You know, like well, actually, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, so Birch, apparently they're going to meet this person named Birch to pick up a part they need to help the tunnel not overload everything, which right, is nice. Right, 
But first they have to get there. So they get outside and um, they go to the van that they pulled up in. Uh, Hank opens a Hot Wheels carrier full of cars and shrinks the van, picks it up, puts another vehicle down and like. Another van. Well, they, yeah, the first, a whole, the this one's one was clearly, a sedan style car. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. My bad. But now it's a van. Uh, okay. and then, uh, is, which is Hank Tech, Pym Tech bullshit. And, and then ding again when he shrinks the entire fucking office building that they were just in. Yeah. The whole and carts lab. it around like it's fucking luggage. Yeah. Right. And um, this is where, was where we get a reminder that the way that the Pym Tech shrinking bullshit works is it, decreases the amount of space between the atoms. So whatever is shrunk should still weigh the same as it weighed before. It's just smaller. So he should not be able to wheel that office building around or carry around a Hot Wheels carrier full of cars. But you know fucking what? Fast and Furious Marvel, I don't care. (laughs) care. Uh, And so this is where I realized, holy shit, I love... I love it when Ant-Man gets super zany and really plays around with sizing like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, this is what Quantumania was missing. Yeah. Yeah. They really only like shrunk or grew a little bit. A few things. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess and, they probably and, and, felt like they were at like zany threshold just with the setting. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're still zany. But like to me, what makes Ant-Man unique is that they can really play around with like scenes where they're running on tables and, Mm -hmm. you know, they have mini cars and they can shrink down buildings, all that kind of stuff. That's just something that makes Ant-Man distinct. And that's where I like Quantumania, just to be clear. I I, I like that movie a lot and I can't wait till we talk about it. But it was it, 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 it was weird. It was like having a Captain America movie with no shield. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or like having a Captain America movie that's mostly about Iron Man. Oh, you mean Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's specifically what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Getting back to this movie, though. Um, Yeah. As as they drive away in the vehicle, they are being watched by a weird invisible person. Okay. We move on. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So we're going to go have the meeting with Birch. Scott and Hank are waiting out in the car. They're watching Hope go into this meeting from Ant Cameras. They've got her under ant surveillance, which is nice. Um, there's a little tin of Altoids on a shelf in the back of the van. Uh, and Scott's like, hey, can I have one? And Hank says no. No. Now, one thing that these Ant-Man scripts and this director like to do is repeatedly mention a small item that is a mouse tool that will help us later. Right. Right? So keep an eye on the Altoids tin is what I'm saying. So... Hope takes a bag, presumably filled with money, and she walks into a very fancy little restaurant where you can see that there are men in black suits who are very much goons, sort of Mm -hmm. all over the place. And she is greeted at a table by Sonny Birch, who is played by Walton fucking Goggins. (laughs) I love that name so much. (laughs) Walton Goggins is the best name. I love Walton Goggins. I, I... It is unreasonable how much I love Walton Goggins. He's fucking great, you guys. Is he weird looking? Yeah, sure. A little. Does he have an enormous forehead and the most prominent teeth you've ever seen? Yes. But is he also amazing at being this sort of menacing Southern that guy who's kind of on the intense end of the spectrum? Absolutely. And he's been working that shtick since 1990. Yep. Now, he, he has mainly um, been in TV. 
He has done movies here and there. His major TV roles, uh, if you want to really get into the acting ability of Walton Goggins, which is pretty fucking amazing. He's in The Shield. I don't recommend The Shield because it's a very intense watch. Oh, so I don't have to watch it now? You really do not need to watch The Shield. No, it is upsetting. Okay. It's trying to be upsetting. Like, this is from the time when, like, edgy TV was, like, new and it was a whole thing. It's really, it's, it's, what I do appreciate about, appreciate about The Shield is it is not copaganda. The cops are not right. The cops are not the best people in the world. It's just about cops and it's, ugh. Anyway, so he's in that. Uh, he's also in a show that I do recommend called Justified. Uh, it is him and Timothy Oliphant. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's a sexy mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen, but he also, I've mm-hmm. seen that show a lot. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's real good. Uh, it's real country, but it's real good. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. He is also in Sons of Anarchy, where he plays a side character by the name of Venus Van Damme. Venus Van Damme is a transgender sex worker. Uh, so a trans woman. That's awesome. I, I've, you know, I've never seen that show, and I, and I, and I've always wanted to. I just never got around to it. It's good. It's upsetting as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's it's pretty intense. But Venus Van Dam is a hell of a character because yes, would it have been preferable for a trans woman to play this character? Absolutely. But keep in mind that Walton Goggins, who is a cis man, is playing this character in 2012. Yeah, it was eleven years ago. So this was revolutionary in TV at the time to have this character who is she's she's played for comedy at first, but eventually she does become the legitimate, lovable, emotionally mature, especially in comparison to everybody fucking else in this show, love interest to one of the biggest, manliest, most dangerous members of this motorcycle gang. That's cool. And it's it is an amazing love story. That happens between these two characters. And that's Venus. That's Venus Van Damme. That is Venus Van Damme. But that's Walton Goggins fully inhabiting this Southern lady of a character. It's so good. It's so good. That was in 2012. That's crazy. Yeah, that was in 2012. It's been a minute. You know, I don't, you know, side note, and I know this is a hot take. I'm sorry. Um, Go ahead. I don't subscribe to the notion, in, in most cases, there are exceptions to this. I don't subscribe to the notion that you have to be the thing that you're acting. Um Oh, there are times where it really should be, uh, but none of my uh, trans friends that are actors want to just play trans characters. Right, right, you exactly. Um, but it, it would be good for, for representation. Absolutely. Um, but the fact that this character exists at all, particularly in 2012, I think was an amazing leap. Uh, and the fact that they treated this character with extraordinary agency and dignity was amazing. I agree. It's, that's, that's awesome. I didn't know that. So now I yeah. want to watch the show even more. It's so good. She's so good. The character is so good. Walton Goggins is amazing in it. Okay. As far as movies, you can see him in Shanghai Noon, The Born Identity, House of a Thousand Corpses, Predators. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Predators one. Yeah, it's yeah. Not the best one, but it was fun. Uh, he's also in Lincoln, Django Unchained, Machete Kills, The Hateful <laughs> Eight. And he's in an upcoming TV series called Fallout. Oh, really? It's based on the Fallout games. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes, please. I did not know there was going to be a Fallout show. I didn't either until I looked it up uh, on his fucking resume. Do you know who's anyway, making it? No, I didn't. It's, it's, okay. Well, it's, there's not a lot of details out. It's okay. like, it's in production. Crazy. And who knows? Who knows what state that production's in because of the uh, the writer strike. So. Oh, yeah. Side note. We support it. 
100% support the writer's strike. 100%. Like, we'll be fine. We'll get by. We don't need y'all to, to, to crank out fresh entertainment right now. We need y'all to be paid. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I prefer- call, call me crazy, but I feel like you should be paid for the amount of work that you do. And that's yeah. what they're uh, protesting. So Particularly when the people who are refusing to pay you fairly are making record profits in the bajillions of dollars. Right. So... And and by the way, you jackasses that are complaining that there are a group of people fight, trying to fight for their ability to get paid a living wage and, and de- a decent wage, a justified wage, uh, because you're not, fuck you, stop being selfish, right. support your fellow human being. And, and I, I don't understand that kind of selfishness. Like, my life sucks, so your life suck needs to suck too. Like, what? Yeah. It's, Maybe all of our lives should not suck. Yeah. How about that? Fucking whatever. Anyway. Hey, so getting back to the movie. <laughs> oh, hey, Steph, would you like to know about Sonny Birch, the comic book character? Yes, I really would. Go on. Uh, he he first made his debut in Iron Man Volume 3, number 73, October 2003. So he's not a old character. He's not a new character either. Uh, in, the comic book version also has a gigantic forehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, he awesome. Was, he was a chairman of Cross Technologies, an advanced weapons designer firm, and was once affiliated with Obadiah Stane. Hey! Hey. Uh, he was usually a, as you would expect, a Tony Stark uh, antagonist. Right. No secret weapons. Uh, just super rich into high into high technology and uh, high politics. And he does eventually become, in the comic books, the Secretary of Defense. That's fun. Oh, okay, okay. That's terrifying. Yeah, but but not unheard of. Yeah. So that's just it. Saying. Okay, um, so Sonny Birch is a black markets technology trafficker, um, and he is the one who's supposed to be selling this particular part to Hope, but he's like, hold on, because I need to talk about the fact that I have a special friend at the FBI who told me that you're actually Hope Van Dyne. Whoops. Yeah. Oops. And he gets all menacing, soft, rumbly voice, polite about it, and um, my pants fell off. Yeah. So... I just have a weakness for Walton Goggins. I was a little nervous for Hope, but yeah, I I, I took a minute to... (laughs) Or something. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I got... Cool. I got got hung up on something. Uh, The technology that he's stealing Uh from who? Mm -hmm. Wherever he can. Like, because he does mention... uh, Because Hope, by the way, is not at all nervous at all. She's like, what the fuck do you want? Uh, he mentions that S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA are gone, so his supply chain is drying the fuck up. And here, right here, is somebody who's got a direct connection to Hank Pym. And Hank Pym's tech bullshit. What are the chances and, that he's a former HYDRA agent, or is a HYDRA agent? I think he... I don't think he was HYDRA. Um, but I think he had no problem working with HYDRA. Yeah, that's my that's my feeling, too, is that he's either affiliated... <laughs> Because cause to, to have a steady stream of technology, unless you figure out a way to get to Wakanda over and over again, which is unlikely, <laughs> um, I, I feel like he's sourcing all this technology from Hydra. Hydra sourced her technology, uh, especially more recent technology, uh, from all the alien shit left behind in the Battle of New York. So uh-huh. this is alien. I think this is alien tech that they're using. I mean, it could be. Um but whatever it is, he is savvy enough to know that what they're using the technology for is quantum technology. Uh, and so he's like, that means that you've got a lab and you've got all this stuff. And I've got people who want to buy that lab. And the starting bid is $1 billion. Huh? Uh, you want to sell me your lab? And I'm like, sold. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> My mom who? <laughs> yeah. But Hope is like, no, actually, we totally need it. And Sonny's like, cool. Okay. So um, then I'm not giving you this part. I'm not giving you your money back. He tells her, darling, the only thing you're taking from here is my heart. But it will mend in time. Like, ooh. Aww. Ooh. I love him. Don't you love it, though, when a man says darling to you? Um. Isn't it like a now sweetie thing? It depends on the context. Oh. Like, mm-hmm. sweetie will get my uh, my hatred every time. <laughs> but darling, in the right context, is a panties off situation. So, <laughs> That's a panty dropper. That's what that is. That's what we call that kind of line. Anyway, so meanwhile, back in the van, Scott is like, what the fuck are we going to do now? And Hank is like, hang on. And then Hope, back in the room, uh, she she left. She comes back in the wasp suit and she's kicking everybody's entire ass. And I fucking love I, And her. I love this scene so much. Yeah. She's so fucking good. She's a stone cold badass. I just... Oh, she could fight circles around Scott, okay? Circles. Oh, yeah. And that was evident in the first movie, but now she's got a suit with wings that Scott is jealous of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of my favorite moments of the fight was when (laughs) Sonny is, like, screaming at everybody, stop shooting (laughs) at the chandelier, it's turn of the century. (laughs) Look, he's got priorities. I really like the part where they're in in the kitchen, and there's a guy who's about to get away, so she throws a salt shaker and then embiggens it right in front of him, and he just bonk right into a giant salt shaker. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and she's running on the table, sets the stove on fire, and throws some... It's it's just some oil oil straight through. It's so fucking good. Um, And it says in my notes right here, why does this badass get second billing on the movie? Oh, because penis. So... Yeah. 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 Anyway, she calmly walks away from that fight uh, with the part that she wanted and she leaves the money with Sonny because she's gonna fucking pay for it and she says pleasure doing business with you and she's about to leave when a mysterious person in a white suit suddenly phases through the wall in front of her disappears oh god oh god oh god and then reappears right in Hope's face now they are fighting and (laughs) what is happening yeah, and I love um, I love this character so much. There's like oh shit, like the the phasing, the echo, the echo reflection effect, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mm-hmm. love it. And yeah, uh, Hope has to run. <laughs> yeah, she has to get. Out. There's no winning this fight. There's no fighting this person because they every time she tries to land a hit, that person doesn't exist. Yeah, like they're not there. They're phased out. Scott is like back in the van. He's like, oh my god, I totally need to do something. <laughs> and Hank goes to a little sewing kit on the shelf, pulls it out, and there's a tiny ant suit. God damn it. And he's like, it's a work in progress, and gives it to Scott. What the fuck? So, so Scott goes in to help in the fight, right? To go to go save Hope. He really doesn't do much. I really feel like the person in white was like, okay, I'm not fighting two of you, and books it yeah. with the part. Right. Uh, and Scott's all flirty with hope inappropriately in this moment um the person in the white is gone hank can't see anything that's going on that on the ant cams and then suddenly his voice cuts out on the radio yeah <gasps> what do we do well cut to hank what's going on with hank uh there is a fucking fist through his head right now it's through his throat but yes oh yeah oh, head, throat and i'm like oh my god hank's dead but he's not obviously no um, he's not yeah and i'm just like uh oh shit so they want the lab they and yeah uh they take the lab, essentially. They do, because they can carry an entire building when it's shrunk down. Yeah, of course. That's how it works. Anyway, 
they got fucking spanked. The the part is gone. The lab is gone. They're all in the van. They're like, what do we do now? We need to regroup. We need to find a way to find the lab. Um, we can't go back to Scott's house because FBI, uh, they don't, the Hope and Hank don't have a house to go to. That lab kind of was their house. Uh, so what do we do now? And Scott's like, I can only think of one place to go. And Hank's like, no. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> because where do they go? They go to the Luis's office. <laughs> <laughs> Ex-con security consultants. I love that. Uh, uh, we skipped it. over my favorite, uh, one of my favorite oh. lines of the of the movie. Uh, I'm sorry, go. Uh, but yeah, in the middle of the fight, uh, Scott saw wings and blasters. So I take it you didn't have that tech available for me. No, I did. And just gives him a look like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't want to give them to you, you child. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we are at ex-con security consultants. Luis is uh, pouring coffee for his guests and he goes, Wow, Dr. Pim. Like, like who would have thought that once again in your hour of need that, that you would turn to us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Hank's like, not me. <laughs> yeah. Hank is not happy with this at He's all. He's not, because he doesn't want to have to rely on these idiots again. Even though they did a wonderful job the last time they did rely on them. Right. It was a little unconventional. A little. Dave had to steal a cop car. <laughs> but they did their job, and they did it well. Mm-hmm. So Hank's just an asshole. Yeah. Is well, the thing. Yeah. And that's kind of a running theme in this movie. So um, they tell him the story about, you know, the, the the guys are arguing over breakfast. It's a whole thing. It's really cute. But they tell him the story about how they got attacked by this person who sort of like phases out. And Louise is like, yeah, I've heard stories about a creepy, crazy ghost person who walks through walls. And Kurt goes, like Baba Yaga. <laughs> and there's like spooky russian music play. why why i noted that in my thing too yeah <laughs> i fucking love the baba yaga gag okay me too it fucking kills me um and so they they briefly get into baba yaga it's a whole thing and Luis is like hey so dr pim you're the smartest guy i know did you uh did you put a, like a low jack on your lab so you can find it because if not we have many affordable options and he gestures to his wall of merchandise. Hank is not putting a low jack on his goddamn lab building thing. <laughs> but he did, though. The person who stole it disabled it, right? So Because they know what they're doing. Oh. So he's not able to, to do that. And so Hope is like, okay, well, the lab is super radioactive. <laughs> uh, so can we maybe track that? And then that's when H- Hank's like, yeah, but the equipment to do that is in the lab. Right. So we can't do that. Uh, and so there, the, the general discussion is where can, where else can we find equipment like that? And the name Bill Foster comes up. Mm. Bill Foster is an old colleague of Hank's from the Shield days. They had a falling out. And right as I'm thinking, hey, Hank, you kind of have a lot of falling outs with people. Right. Don't you? Hank, have you ever heard the idea that if you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. But if you run into assholes for your entire career, then maybe you're the asshole. Like, have you heard about that? Wow. Hank? Maybe. As I'm thinking that, Luis goes, You seem to have a lot of falling out with people. (laughs) (laughs) It's uncanny how often this script says exactly what I'm thinking. It is weird, isn't it? uh, it, And that's a a thing I finally note uh, close to the end is like, God damn, this movie is reading my mind. What's going on? Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe we're just just totally vibing with the the writers of this film. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Maybe we, we would all be best friends. Yeah. Maybe not, though. Anyway, so 
Scott's like, hey, why don't we check in with this Bill Foster guy and see if he's got the equipment? And Hank's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. He hates me. And Scott's like, hi, I'm risking 20 years in prison just by being here. So let's go fucking check, okay? Yeah, please. Hmm? Which is the closest I've seen Scott get to angry. Uh, at, at least at Hank, yeah. And he's still not. He's like still sweet about it. So we cut from that to the phasey person in white who's apparently getting home to their creepy dome house. Yeah, they, they seem like they're very tired and they're phasing yeah. all over the place still. They get out of the suit. They're still phasing. And we see this amazing, beautiful woman mm-hmm. who looks very athletic, but she's very tired and she's covered in sweat. And she has to go into this chamber and there's all this energy that flows from the walls, the glass walls of this chamber. And she's seemingly falling asleep, getting recharged, maybe. We're not or sure. Or something. Yeah, it's unclear. Um, but she does look like she is in pain yeah. and exhausted and stressed out. And uh, But she still looks gorgeous because that is Hannah John Komen. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know about Hannah John Komen? I would love to. Oh, my God. I love her so much. Okay. Um, so she is – look, I know her best from a show that I know I've talked about before called Killjoys. Okay. Yeah. It's a sci-fi yeah. show. It's really fucking good. 10 out of 10 do recommend. She's brilliant in it. Uh, she she is inc- incomparably badass uh, in the show. It's, it's fucking good. You guys, go watch Killjoys. It's so fucking good. I don't know where you can find it right now because I um, <clears throat> may or may not have acquired it by illicit means through the internet, but Killjoys, <laughs> 10 out of 10, do recommend. You can also find her in Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Yep. She plays a First Order officer. She's also in Game of Thrones, Black Mirror, The Stranger, Ready Player One, and Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. I All the classics. love her. She's so tiny. She's so pretty. She's She's got this amazing voice. She does a lot of voice work. I just, she's fucking great. Anyway, yeah, that is our mysterious uh, ghosty person who's taking a nap in a big tech bullshit fishbowl thing. <laughs> uh, speaking of ghosts, can we talk about the comic book characters since we just uttered yes. the names? Because mm-hmm. I don't think they actually just say they call her ghost because they compare her to a ghost. They don't officially say I am ghost, you know. Um, right, anyway. but again, it's that it's that MCU being uh, grounded in as much reality as you can be when there's all this much tech bullshit flying around. So yeah, uh, Ghost made their first appearance in Iron Man number two one nine, June nineteen eighty seven. Again, another Ooh. Iron Man villain, but they're actually mm. not a villain. They're more of an antihero. Um, they, uh, very little is known about the actual comic book identity of the character. Um, they are an anti-capitalist saboteur. So some Ooh. of our listeners may appreciate that. Um, oh. uh, they believe e- economic institutions are oppressive and should be destroyed, even though at one point they were actually hired by Roxxon Energy Corporation. Remember them? Oh, Roxxon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they eventually, uh, joined the Thunderbolts at one point, which makes me wonder yes. if we're going to see them in Thunderbolts. Yeah, absolutely. She, she's in Thunderbolts. She's on the poster. She's in it. That's awesome. I love her. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. at some point, at some point, the character, uh, made through, uh, name changes. They were, uh, they had a rebrand called the Phantasm oh. and then another rebrand called Casper, uh, which was short lived. Uh, thank God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like something Tony Stark would have called her, but all right. I, I agree. Was this character female in the comics? Uh, you know what? It doesn't even know. They don't even know that. Hmm. I suspect not, but go on. But no, um, yeah, uh, essentially, um, uh, the comic book version isn't a phaser per se. They, uh, uh, they have stealth technology. They can achieve intangibility, uh, with the suit that they're wearing and become mm. invisible, but it's not because of quantum, uh, quantum effects. It's because of the suit. 
So oh, okay. I don't know if this person actually has superpowers or if it's just a suit thing like Iron Man. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Love it. So we cut to uh, what is clearly a college campus where Scott and Hank and Hope are all walking along in disguise. They are wearing baseball caps and sunglasses. Uh, Why? And Scott, Scott is stressed out about being recognized. Hank is like, nobody's going to recognize us. We're in disguise. And, and Scott's like, what? Because we're wearing hats and sunglasses. It's not a disguise, Hank. We look like ourselves at a baseball game. <laughs> and yes, thank you. That's true. It is a terrible disguise. And uh, it's the next line in my notes is now everybody shut up. Lawrence goddamn Fishburne is speaking. I was like, yeah, in my in my in my notes, I, I said Morpheus. Morpheus? Yeah. So they get to a lecture hall where uh, Bill Foster is lecturing on quantum something something tech bullshit. I don't understand. I don't understand any of it. Uh, Me and Scott, we're on the same level here. But yeah, that's Lawrence Fishburne. That's Lawrence fucking Fishburne. You want to talk about Lawrence Fishburne real quick? Oh, please, please. (sighs) Lawrence Fishburne is an Academy Award nominated, many, many, many other awards winning actor who's been working since 1972. Again, Marvel movies aren't cinema, obviously. (laughs) Because they don't attract quality actors to their cast. Why would they? This movie only has Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Lawrence fucking Fishburne in it. Right. God damn it. Marvel movies are cinema. They're cinema. I'm sorry anybody who is out there banging the drum that Marvel movies are shit and they're not cinema uh, or that we're having superhero fatigue or whatever. None of that is true. These movies are fucking great. Okay, shut up. You're just jealous. Anyway, (laughs) I and most of us who can hear the sound of my voice right now know Lawrence Fishburne best as Morpheus from the Matrix movies. Yep. God damn. But if you, like me, are Gen X, you probably first met him as Cowboy Curtis in Pee Wee's Playhouse. (laughs) 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 Uh, And he, you know what? He devoted as much energy and, and, and pathos and attention and time and quality to Cowboy Curtis as he does to every single other role because he's a goddamn professional. Okay. But he's been in a few movies that you may have heard of as well. Um, Little films like Apocalypse Now. Right. The Color Purple. Mm -hmm. Boys in the Hood. What's Love Got to Do With It? Oh, my God. The Tuskegee Airmen. Othello. Event Horizon. Predators. Yeah. With Walton Goggins. And also John Wick. Chapters 2, 3, and 4. Love him. God, I love him. I love everything about Lawrence Fishburne is everything I love about about actors and about men. Uh, he's he's so big. He's so beefy. He's got this amazing voice. I just. Mm. Have I told my Lawrence Fishburne story? You um, have a Lawrence Fishburne story? Wait, have I never told you this story? I am. I have. I swear to God, I've told you this story. Look, you may have, but I've slept and eaten uh, illicit gummy things since then so would you please share your lawrence fishburne story okay so this is back when uh smoking was allowed on disney property they had certain sections on the hotels and in the theme parks where you could get smoke and i was still smoking back then so you know whatever Mm -hmm. um smoking is uh, terrible kids don't fucking do it don't fucking do it um so i went out uh i was with my partner uh he was vaping the marijuana and i was smoking a cigarette and um, he leans in close to me and he's like, Chris, I think Morpheus is sitting behind us. And I'm like, wait, what? What? 
And what? I turn around and there's fucking Lawrence Fishburne right fucking there smoking no! a cigarette with his girlfriend. <laughs> and he looks annoyed as fuck. That might just be his face, though. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, we're, we're not going to talk to him. I don't think the theme park thing was his thing, but he's there for family, blah, blah, blah. And I'm right. like, oh, my God. Okay, act casual, act casual. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. I'm getting, like, full starstruck because, again, it's fucking Morpheus. So right, um, yeah. I wait. Uh, uh, I, I quickly finish. Like, let's just walk away. Let's just walk away. So we go inside, um, and we go on a first ride. Uh, we get on this ride. It's great. It's fun. We get off. I look to my left. Lawrence Fishburne is right fucking there, and he looks oh, over no. at me and my partner, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Let's run away because I don't want him to think we're following him. <laughs> And so right, yeah. we rush away, and uh, we get another drink, uh, and then I decide, let's go on the Little Mermaid ride. And the Little Mermaid ride, you, you ride in a shell, and there are different color shells. Okay. Um, and so and so we walk, we, 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 uh, walk in, into the building, and we're in line, and I look over to my right, and it's Lawrence fucking Fishburne again. <laughs> and so at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out, like, my, my Disney map, and, like, I'm trying to like, cover my face, because I really don't want him to think that... Right, because uh, at this point, him. there's no way he doesn't think you're fucking stalking him. Right, that, and that's my concern. Thankfully, I don't think he noticed me, but he was complaining to the to the ride operator. He's just like, what is this ride? I'm not so sure about this. Some of these rides are giving me motion sickness. And also, oh, I no. ain't riding no pink shell. <laughs> he does not have Jason Momoa levels of color security, okay? No, Clearly. no, no. He is very, he's like, I hate the color pink. I'm not writing in the pink shell. I'm not sure if it was because of a masculine thing. I think it, he just really doesn't like that color. Yeah. And maybe he was just fucking cranky. And I think he was fucking cranky. Anyway, uh, he did unfortunately uh, look over and see us and I freaked out and he rolled his eyes because at this point, I'm sure he thinks I'm stalking him. But that's yep. how I met Lawrence Fishburne. Nice. Nice. The man <laughs> in real life is fucking tall, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, he's a giant person. surprised me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he looked good. <laughs> oh he's so, he's so yummy. Like every era of Lawrence mm-hmm. Fishburne is delicious. Okay, except for the Cowboy Curtis outfit, I can't get down with that. <laughs> it's the fucking it was, voice. It's the fucking voice and the everything else. Just goddamn. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So he's giving his lecture to this hall full of students and um, three people in disguised sunglasses that are super subtle appear in the back and he instantly recognizes Hank. Okay. Immediately yeah. recognizes Hank. And then he calls the lecture short and they go and boom, we are in his office. Um, and Foster is geeking out about Scott being potentially quantum entangled with Janet. And he just goes mm-hmm. on a whole like blah, 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 word salad, quantum word salad about it. And Scott says what I'm thinking. He goes, yeah. Do you guys just put the word quantum in front of everything? And like, yes. <laughs> it's like, it's like Batman, you know, the bat car, the, the batarang, the bat every, only it's quantum. It's quantum entanglement and quantum particles and quantum this and quantum that. Yeah, it's quantum. That's it. That's uh, he's also geeking out about how um, uh, he, he, well, so uh, Bill at first thought, uh, Hank was the one that went to Germany. Right. Because, by the way, Bill is here to fully talk shit at Hank. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is his opportunity to talk all the shit and throw all the shade at Hank. Go on. And he's going to. So uh, so Scott asked Bill, like, what was your what was your biggest you got? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be a penis joke, isn't it? And yep. Bill's like, uh, uh, 21 feet. That was the biggest. And Scott said 69 feet, or, or I think it was 65. 68, 65 feet. 65 
Um, and Bill's freaking out about this, and Hope says, If you two are finished comparing sizes. And I fucking died. Um, also, <laughs> because uh, because the reason they're talking about this is Bill had worked with Hank on a project for S.H.I.E.L.D. called Project Goliath, which was to do the opposite of the shrinking, to do the embiggening. That's right. what that was. Yeah. Hey, speaking of which, would you like to know about Bill Foster, the, the comic I would character? love to hear this. Uh, Bill Foster, a.k.a. Black Goliath. Huh? Huh? Oh, huh? okay. Get it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Why's it got to be Black he, Goliath? Because he's... Because he's Black Goliath. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, is the character black in the comics? He is. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, he, uh, uh, real name Bill Foster, he has the ability to make himself big. Uh, he made his debut in the Avengers number 32, September 1966. He's an older character. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, he uh, was born in Watts, Los Angeles after earning his PhD in biochemistry. Uh, uh he worked in the plans and research division and he did work with Hank Pym in the comic books. And, uh, he, there was some kind of a situation where they were working with the original Iron Man, a giant man who was stuck at a height of 10 feet. And they worked on a cure to, uh, fix his size. And then he, they used that same idea to allow black Goliath to increase in size. So they oh. used Pym particles to do all this kind of stuff. And oh. yeah, he was he was supposed to be like the opposite of Ant-Man and also one of the uh, first ever uh, um, African-American characters besides like Black Panther and whatnot. Now, I, it should it should be noted uh, this character was controversial. Uh, uh-huh. There is a lot of racial stereotypes. Um, it was it was the 1960s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Look, even Marvel uh, was not super racially sensitive the whole time. Yeah, uh, it, that character was created by Stanley and Don Heck, and um, you know Stanley is on record for saying that, like, you know, he wished that they had made different choices, but he, uh, at the time, his intent was to include more diversity in Marvel, so the intent was good. The execution fucking sucked, but that's that's that. Mm. He does eventually drop Black Goliath, and is now just called Goliath. Okay. Well, that's a step in the right direction, at least. <laughs> All right. So um, meanwhile, back in the scene, Foster is talking shit. He says that Hank was a terrible partner and only Janet could put up with him. And she paid the price for that. And like, it's about to be a fucking fight, right? Because Hank isn't oh, yeah. going to put Hank up with that like, shit. Hank is like, hold me back, bitches. <laughs> right. No. And Hank is, no. look, Lawrence Fishburne is a giant person. And Michael Douglas never, ever was. And now he's old. So, like, this is not, <laughs> but Hank is going to do it. Hank is scrappy, okay? Hank is like a like a terrifying little terrier with no fear whatsoever. He's about to go fucking swing on Bill Foster's giant ass. And Hank, Hope has to get in the middle. And she's like, oh, my God, stop. Meanwhile, Scott who has criminal ears still, hears cop radios outside. And he looks out the window, yeah. and there's Jimmy Woo with a bunch of FBI guys. Uh-oh. And uh, he's like, oh, my God, the FBI's here. And Hank goes, wait, they couldn't be here for you because he pulls up his phone to prove that the ant is still re- replicating his daily routine back at the house. And the ant is drumming on like a like a <laughs> And he's like, what are you, 12? Like, what? Awesome. Anyway, they've got to go. They've got to go. Now the FBI is here. And Foster's like, wait, 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 before you go, I don't have the equipment for you to track down your lab or anything. What you could try to do is modify the diffractor on the suit's regulator, and that might be able to track it. And they're like, cool, bye. They peace out. Jimmy Woo is in Bill Foster's office asking him if he's seen 
Hank Pym or Hope Van Dyne because their disguises weren't shit and the campus cops recognized them. Right? Right. Foster denies it. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm the last person in the world Hank Pym would visit. And we was like, okay, why? And Foster says, Simple. We hate each other's guts. And like, and he's not lying. Yeah, he's not. Li- that's not an exaggeration. They fucking hate each other. Okay. Meanwhile, back in the van, Hank is all butthurt about Foster saying that he's terrible. And nobody's going to address that because Hank is terrible. He just yeah. is. That's just true. Yeah. It doesn't need to be said. No. But they they have a problem. They cannot do the diffractor modification that Foster suggested because the new suits that Hank has made don't have them. He, he modified that out. That's a whole new design, doesn't have it. And so Scott's like, so if you had one of the old suits, would you be able to do it? Oh, my God. He did not destroy the Ant-Man suit. Fucking Scott. What? Fucking Scott. And Hank's like, and Hank now has the opposite reaction he had earlier in the movie. You didn't destroy my suit. And Scott's like, it's your life's work, which is what Hank <laughs> said earlier in the movie. It's so sweet. God damn it. Um, turns out what Scott did was he shrunk it before he turned himself in to the authorities. He shrunk the suit and mailed it to Louise. And then Hank is like, you sent my suit through the mail? Like, yes, the postal service is very reliable. <laughs> What a fucking thing. Wow. Anyway, it's in a very safe place. And it turns out that very safe place is in the world's best grandma trophy. That's why Scott wasn't going to let Cassie take it to show and tell. Because it's got the Ant-Man suit in it. And good thing he did did that. Because then he can call up Luis and be like, hey, Luis, can you get the trophy? And Luis could be like, sure. Except it's not there. It's fucking gone. Because Cassie stole the trophy to take to school with her for show and tell. Do you remember show and tell back in school? You remember show and tell? Hated it. Hated it. Yeah. Because it was so like, it was supposed to be like a kids get to get to bring their favorite thing from home and get to talk about it. It's going to be so special. No, it's you're going to be judged now by your classmates for the personal belongings you brought in to the class. Exactly. That's what that is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, though, there is a funny story with that. Um, My, 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 my bestie at the time, um, uh, her parents and my parents, they enjoyed the marijuana, right? Uh-huh. This is like third grade, by the way, y'all. This is like the 80s, uh, like huh? late 80s. Um, uh, so for show and tell, my friend decided it would be a wonderful idea to bring her dad's bong to show oh. and tell. <laughs> oh, bless. <laughs> Luckily, she didn't get in trouble. I'm sure if that happened today, she would have been expelled and all that kind of shit. But like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's my favorite memory of show and tell. That's adorable. So, uh, <laughs> they need to get the suit. And the suit is at the bottom of the uh, world's best grandma trophy, which Cassie took to school with her. So, they're going into an elementary school. And they're shrunk down. It's very cute. But there's a problem with Scott's new suit's regulator. <laughs> Yeah, because it's a work in progress. He keeps changing sizes throughout this heist. It's fucking hilarious. My favorite part is that Hope can't stop laughing at him and trolling him for it. Uh, My favorite part, especially when he's in small, uh, I I call it mini Scott. Um, (laughs) The the movie score follows suit and goes eight bit style, and I fucking (laughs) love that. 
That's so cute. Um, so he does, He he's, the size is wildly varying. He does, like, become, like, three feet tall. Mm-hmm. So he's child size. And they manage to scoot into a broom closet real quick. And then it glitches again. And he's big. He's probably, like, 10, 12 feet tall. And Hope has to kind of, like, climb. Because he gets stuck. He's, like, wedged in this yeah. broom closet. She has to kind of climb into his lap to check the belt for the regulator. And, um. Yeah. That. That's got some possibilities. I'm just saying. Um, my butt twitched at the thought of that. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm fine with uh, cuddling, but I I am definitely in the there is such a thing as too big uh, camp. So I'm just just you know you got to try. <laughs> <laughs> there are ways you can accommodate. We'll figure I it mean, out. I would lick it. For the, that, for the chance to cuddle up to like 12 foot tall Scott Lang. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah, let's figure it out. Anyway, so my brain went to a bad place and I missed the next few minutes. So I had to go back. Right. Um, I would hug it like a tree trunk. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh my God. We're focusing, we're focusing. Um, he gets uh, shrunk back to normal size and they're like, face to face and there's a moment of charged tension and then boom he's back to kid size again and he's like great okay well we still need to go get it how are we going to move around in the halls there's a lost and found right there he gets into a giant oversized for him hoodie it's the cutest fucking thing i've ever seen yeah yeah with him like with the flappy arms and stuff and he goes running off down the hall and there's a teacher who's like where's your hall pass and he gives up and it's fucking great they do manage to get to cassie's classroom which is empty because all the kids went out to recess or something who cares And there's Cassie's, (laughs) her cubby is out of reach for Scott. And he's trying to jump up to reach it. And Hope in tiny wasp form is going, you can do it. You almost got it. Uh, It's so cute. I'm glad that we finally allowed her to have some personality outside of being angry. Yeah, I love that. It's the one shortcoming of these scripts is that sometimes Hope gets to be a little one note. So Look, she's like her dad. She's very intense. Yeah, yeah. The Pim Van Dyne thing, they're all very intense. Scott is necessary to their story because he's not intense and I love him. Okay. They do manage to get the trophy out of the backpack. And God bless them, they don't just take the trophy. They take the suit out and put the trophy back so she can still do show and tell. I love that. I love that. Anyway, they leave and Scott is having to like hop down the steps outside because he's still whittle. (laughs) And he, he scampers and has to, like, climb up into the van. And God bless Hank. He goes, hiya, champ. How was school today? <laughs> and Scott's like, fucking really? Really? We're doing this? You want a juice box and some string cheese? And <laughs> like, yes, actually. Yes. <laughs> I, I would really like it. And Scott's like that, too. He's like, wait, you really have that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, so they have the suit. Fantastic. They tinker around with the regulator. It turns out Foster was right, and they are able to track the lab signal now. What? Huzzah. And they track the lab signal, and they pull up, and it's nighttime. Right? And it's the spooky dome house. Mm-hmm. The ghost girl's spooky dome house. They pull up, and they're all looking at it. There is literally a wolf howl <laughs> off in the distance. <laughs> and Scott looks at it and goes, yeah, that looks about right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought was awesome. Okay, so they're going to go inside, right? Uh, well, actually, the, uh, real quick. Um, oh. uh, Hope, uh, Hope and Scott have a really quick conversation before they go inside. And Hope's like, so, right. you know, you never asked me to go to Germany. And just so he lets you know, 
if I went with you to Germany, you would have never been caught. Boom. I agree. She's she's hurt that he didn't even ask. And it's weird that he didn't even ask. I agree. And and it didn't well, I'm I'm disappointed in myself that it didn't occur to me when we were watching Civil War to ask where the fuck is Hope. Well, I, I didn't well, I didn't think about that at all. Well, because there wasn't an Ant Man and Wasp movie and it's true she didn't technically have a wasp suit yet Mm -hmm. and introducing her to the mcu did deserve its own movie so okay yeah so um but i agree with her and also um and we also know why she wasn't included really the civil war was such a last minute production nightmare that and it was such it was so bloated anyway with superheroes like yeah, do and, we and, I, and, do we, huh? and I did look it up. She was considered to be included in the movie um, among oh, like okay. twelve other people. Yeah, like they right. planned to include a lot more. So thank God they didn't, because I think it would have just made that situation worse. But uh, I agree with Hope. She Scott would never have been caught. In fact, I don't think the that side of the Avengers team would have been caught at all. Team Cap, I should say, would have been caught right. at all. Right, because Hope is frightfully competent. Yeah. Fucking love her. And the way that she's talking to him here, it's there's definitely a vibe of like, she still has feelings for him. She wanted to be there to help him. She's mad that he got caught because she's mad that he put himself in danger. I love it's that. It's that thing. Yeah. It's, it's, she's mad because she fucking cares. And I love that. And thank you, Evangeline Lilly, for bringing that nuance to this moment. Anyway, she gets out of the van and Scott just kind of sits there for a second in thought. And Hank goes, Hey, Scott, you think you can stop daydreaming about my daughter long enough to get my lab? (laughs) Scott's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So they're going in. They're going to infiltrate the spooky dome house, right? She, Hope, can fly. She's got wings. (laughs) Scott's trailing behind because he had to take a moment to name his aunt. Yeah. Ulysses S. Gerant. Hate it. God damn it, Scott. Anyway, there's a bunch of interference going on of some kind. Hank is unable to monitor them. So they get in. They're looking around. There's a jump scare. Boom. Because they see the white suit, but it's just the suit. The girl is in the fishbowl. Right. And she's, she seems like she's sleeping. She seems to be unconscious. Uh, and they are about to, there's the lab. It's right there. We're totally about to grab it. Boom. The girl is there. She sucker punches both of them, knocks them out. They got got. They got got by a sleepy, sweaty, stressed out ghost girl. I love her. I love her. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they are unconscious and we're going to cut it off there for today. Boom. Boom. Which makes my, <sighs> which now makes my quote earlier in this episode totally uh, unnecessary. But that's fine. That's fine. Oh, right. Because we didn't <laughs> even get to the story. <laughs> Our original plan, y'all, was to get all the way through like the Louis story and everything. But um we talked about a bunch of other shit, and I don't like to edit more than two hours of podcast for the sake of my own sanity. Look, so. I mi- look, y'all, uh, guilty. I miss talking to Steph. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of pent up energy, and uh, you know, we had the same problem with Dark Side Divas yesterday because we, we talked. Did. We, we did. talked for two hours about a thirty minute episode, so our yep. bad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're just excited to be back at it, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking and we're excited. also anyway. in a happy, fun movie, so we tend to talk about that a lot more. I assure you, Endgame will not be so fun. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the end, at least. (laughs) It will not. It's going to be a lot. But we're going to enjoy Ant-Man while we're at it. So do we have anything else for the first half of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Nope. Awesome. Okay. So then that means next time we will be talking about the second half of Ant-Man and the Wasp. And all the way to the thrilling conclusion, as it were. Okay? Yes, we'll try. I'm excited. You excited? I'm I'm very excited. Well... 
Not excited to talk about the post credit scene, but we'll get there when we get there. We will get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll cry when we gotta cry. Yeah. Okay. So for now then, um, I guess we're gonna do the outro. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> How do I do this? Okay. Uh, hey everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. Uh, if you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. You should and you will. Uh, we are on all of the social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that fucking hellscape, and TikTok as at marvelous underscore divas. And y'all, if you haven't done so already, you really should. Subscribe to our podcast. You can find our podcast on any podcast platform of your choosing. Uh, Also, leave a review. We like those. And we'll even read them live if you use a podcast platform that lets me see them live. Uh, Mm. Spotify currently doesn't support that. Apparently, they're going to be adding that soon. I'm very excited about that. Uh, Also, we have a swag store, uh, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. You can find Marvelous Divas logo swag and the other shit we say in mug form, t-shirt form, sticker form, etc. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. It's under the Dark Side Divas brand because apparently uh, it's impossible to rename your, your channel. Okay. but if That's you, a fucking weird thing, YouTube, but all right. Yeah, uh, but do a search for Dark Side Divas. Subscribe there. We will be doing uh, more live shows there very soon. We do Star Wars stuff and Marvel stuff, so don't... Mm-hmm. don't uh, don't fret about that. And also, we have a lot of good Marvel shows already up there. You can go back and watch that. Also, the glorious practical jokes I play on Stephanie, which she loves oh to be God. reminded of. Uh, yep. Yeah, I got in trouble. Uh, also, <laughs> also, last but certainly not least, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast for five bucks a month. You can see video versions unedited of our podcast where we say a lot more shit than we usually do on these podcasts because we don't want to get canceled. Um, also, That's true. <laughs> we also have unique content on there. And we also have the coolest Discord community in the entire multiverse. So five bucks a month will get you all that. Sign up. uh, Support us. We really appreciate it. We do. Is that it? Snap. I'm done. Amazing. Okay. uh, Then we're going to say goodbye now. Bye. Bye. So um, the trip up here, because I'm in Colorado now, um, it's a really long drive right. from where we were in Texas to Colorado. It's about 15, 16 hours, depending. Um, and so we had two cars and uh, you know, my, my younger child was in the other car with Lucas and I had my son in the car with me, my 16-year-old son. I had a captive audience <laughs> for 15 hours in the car with me. So we listened to the entire Tenacious D album. I love it. <laughs> it was fucking great. He uh, he really liked the skits, <laughs> like particularly the drive-through. God, they were so stoned. A junior Western bacon cheese. <laughs> A junior. A junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you take forever. <laughs> take the six-piece nuggets and throw two of them away. I'm trying to lose the weight. <laughs> Take two of them and stick them up, up your, your ass. ass. Anyway, he loved the skits. He was really uncomfortable with some of the songs. Oh, yeah. And particularly the fact that his mother knows all the words to songs like 
fuck her gently. <laughs> just Oh my god. So. Do you remember when they closed that with that song and the entire crowd just sang along? Like Jack Black didn't have to sing at that point. Right. No, because it was such a sweet sort of ballad moment. Like you know, lighters in the air yeah. moment. And, Chris and, and I, y'all, Chris and I went to go see Tenacious D live yeah. in Austin. And, and the, the see, this is the thing about Jack Black. Like, there's every reason to smile and giggle and laugh when you're singing a song like that. But Jack Black didn't do that. He no, was sincere. He takes it so seriously. Yeah. Same with the Peaches song. <laughs> right? He's in it. He's in it. He's he's he, fully it, feeling Bowser's moment. There. Yeah, yeah. No, I fucking love Jack Black. I would climb that man. So hot. Without hesitation. So hot. Yeah, he's so fucking hot. And I really feel like that's something that, like, the the alpha males on the internet don't understand. They're like, you know, women want want you to have washboard abs and all the muscles and, and all they say. Sure. I mean, that's nice if that's something that you enjoy and you can make that happen for yourself without being an asshole. But um, Jack Black, mm-hmm. the guy who's who is shaped like the Kung Fu Panda. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jack Black, baby. That's hot. That's it, hot right there. Yeah, he's definitely one of the hottest men ever. Mm. Um, and I know this isn't—I mm-hmm. know this isn't uh, Marvel related, but girl, when I saw him in Mandalorian, woof, in that suit. Oh my god, woof. with the beard. Mm. Ugh. And oh, I, I don't his like glorious wife. And, oh. oh my god, and I don't like beards that like that. But on him, I'll it take, looks so good. I'll take it. I'll take he's it. He's so fucking hot. Mm-hmm. He's so fucking hot. And that's that's on having a sense of humor mm-hmm. and on being a generally good person. So. Well, the charisma doesn't help. <laughs> and the, well, he's, he maxed out. When he made his character sheet, uh, he rolled he really high for his stats yeah. to begin with. But every level up has been in charisma. He's, he has increased charisma every time. He's ridiculous. I love him. Anyway, um, so that's how I feel about Jack Black. <laughs> oh, no, that's how I traumatized my son on the drive up to Colorado. I didn't make him listen to the entire Fuck Her Gently song. We did skip some songs. I'm not terrible. Aw. 